There we go. Hello, my lovely people. This is Kitty O'Brien with your Unconditioned Inner Magic podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. I've got a wonderful guest. We've just had the most amazing chat. And uh, you might hear a little man shouting in the background, but that's my usual podcast style. <laughs> so welcome, Bertan. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you so much for having me, Kitty. I'm so, so excited and grateful to be here. Oh. Thank you. Um, some of you may know her from my book because I did I did quote her in my book. So this is a wonderful breathwork facilitator I always talk about. Um, would you like to introduce yourself for any listeners who don't know who you are? Yeah, absolutely. Mm. So I'll start with the basics. I'm a breathwork teacher trainer. I have my own certification. I also have a company called Karma Blue, which is meditation with baby goats. And I'm a NLP, hypnosis, uh, Reiki and sound therapy and breathwork certified. And so that's all like the, the credentials, right? So you like know that I, I probably maybe know what I'm talking about. Uh, and uh, I suppose what I want to, what I always love to introduce myself as, as well now is I also did was that I worked at, I think the equivalent of this in the UK would be like Burger King. Do you guys have Burger King? Oh, yeah, we do. <laughs> yeah, I worked at Burger King for two years. I was working of the year. I worked at um, Lululemon, which is like a, or a Lorna Jane, kind of like a, a women's fashion store and was the top sales rep. Um, I also was extremely, extremely shy, socially anxious, uh could barely talk to the first person I ever sold anything to it was like a whisper in my voice <laughs> I <laughs> I don't know how that feels <laughs> yeah I also uh I also am a hip-hop dancer um I'm a sexual abuse thriver right like I don't identify as being a survivor I'm a thriver That's it was the, the ultimate gift for my journey like it catapulted me into my purpose into my mission my service and yeah I think it's just so important for like for us to all recognize how powerful our stories are like there were stories that sound like they're epic and inspiring and then there's stories that are epic and inspiring simply because they're us and I think that's that's how I would love to introduce myself as I'm like, I'm like this human being that has done some really cool stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I love that. I really love that. Yeah. I um, I have to tell you a funny story actually about the, the baby goats and the, um, the meditation. Like I'd never heard of that before. And I, I remember watching Paw Patrol. I don't know if you have Paw Patrol over in Australia, but my son was watching Paw Patrol and they had like the bad guy steal these baby goats. And I was like, God, what a funny TV program. Why would you have baby goats? <laughs> and then a month later, Jackson introduced us. And I was like, oh my God, it's actually a thing. <laughs> I thought Paw Patrol had just made up this like storyline. I was trying to figure out why they would have baby goats there, but it makes sense. It made sense when you spoke about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you manifested it. That's what yeah. I think. <laughs> <sighs> oh, so we were just, oh, I feel like we, I should always like pre-record the conversations we have before the podcast because we get so involved in everything. Um, mm. So, oh, I'm just getting squishy cuddles here. So one of my dreams, and I'm really excited about this as well, because we're very much, you know, got similar dreams, but 
Um, for any listeners who don't know, I've just had an opportunity to work in the Lindell Centre in Colchester near Broomfield at the end of the year. And that centre is for people who have been, um, they've been sectioned. And I'm going to be going in there doing some motivational speaking, some empowerment talks. And it's, it's so amazing. I'm so honoured. And I, I was just saying to, to be here that I'd love to bring breathwork into that sort of facility. And like the powers, the powers of breathwork are just absolutely phenomenal. But also just mm. I can see it in schools. I can I would love to teach like doctors about it. And we were just talking about the power of it and how amazing it would be even for this little man sitting on my lap right now, mm-hmm. because it would probably help me fall to sleep at night. <laughs> so we were just talking about that. So what are your visions um, for the future? How, how do you see this sort of almost going into mainstream? I mean, you mentioned before that in Australia, they're much more receptive to it and mm. having it already in some of the hospitals. Yeah, yeah. Would many of your listeners know what breathwork, have much experience with breathwork to begin with? Or would you like me to break that down as well before I go into the vision? Actually, we should probably break that down. <laughs> I just get carried <laughs> away and I'm like, yeah, let's do this. And people are like, oh, I know, me too. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, I could say like a thousand facts right now. But then I'm like, oh, hang on, wait. <laughs> Who else is listening on this call? Okay. Um, yeah, well, I might, I might go into what breathwork is and then I'll go into the vision of, of what I'm seeing for the world and the movement that I'm creating. Yes, so, that sounds perfect. Yeah. So what breathwork, it's like at its most basic form is conscious manipulation of the breath. It's knowing how can we change the pattern of our breathing so that it changes the pattern of our thinking and the way that our physiology is operating, how we think, how we feel, how we be. It allows us to access an altered state of consciousness And through that altered state, we're actually able to drop into our emotional centers that are in the limbic system or different parts of the brain that are normally shut off because we're so busy thinking and planning and evaluating and judging and discriminating and trying to get things done. (laughs) (laughs) And there's there's so many. (laughs) Anyone else identify with that? Was it just me? And there's so many different levels to it. Like in my teacher trainings, I teach the three different levels. There's functional breathing, which is like optimizing your breath, your breathing for oxygen delivery and energy efficiency. There's level two, which is like state changes, which allow you to change your emotional state moment to moment. So if you're in a state of stress or panic, how can we bring you back into center and focus or relaxation? And then the last one is how do we release trauma? This is like the shamanic journeys, which is the real, like the trending one at the moment where, where you've probably heard about Wim Hof, like climbing mountains and nothing but a pair of board shorts or doing a 24 hour, like run around Everest or the Arctic circle or something. Um, so that, that yeah. is the, that breathwork is like the powerful quantum one. That's really popular at the moment. And where I see breathwork going as it is, it's becoming really cool, right? So it is on the cusp of being accepted as mainstream. Yeah. So I'd love to speak to both the overtones and the undertones. Like the overtones is people who are listening on this call, on this podcast, who are already familiar with breathwork and they're like, oh, yeah, I want to learn more. And the undertones is people who have like no idea and they still think it's kind of woo-woo and they're also like, yeah, but it doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'll think, I'll think to the undertones first. 
of how I came to breathwork actually wasn't even through spirituality. It was, it was like, I wanted to, I had a mission to connect people back to themselves. And I went to these studios that were offering breathwork and there was all different kinds of meditation, like Reiki, crystal healing, sound therapy, um, Qigong, um, and a bunch of others. And breathwork was there and breathwork just kept getting sold out. And I had no experience in breathwork at the time, but I was like, why is this getting, why is it so popular? So I went and did my first class and it was like this dude in a blazer with like, like glasses and a bald head. He's like an ex-football coach. He's just like yelling at us like for about an hour <laughs> saying like, it's not called lounge work, it's breath work because it's work, right? Like he's just so full on. And I remember like being like, this is really uncomfortable. Like why would anybody do this? And then I just passed out. And um, <laughs> and so I, I listened luckily after that because I was like, well, look, you went there and, and you can feel it again. You want to go again, even though you don't necessarily understand why because that kind of felt like it sucked, but let's go again. And I'm so, so grateful I did because when I went and at this point, again, expecting nothing, not understanding the practice, no identification with how it works, why it works, or if it will even work for me. And I'm lying on the floor and 15 minutes in, my whole entire being just starts to slowly contract. And then I'm like in this almost bow shape, like, you know, that low boat in yoga yeah. where your legs are like kind of off, you know, like, like an overtyped string on an instrument. And I'm shaking and shaking and my whole face is like numb. And then my heart just like was pierced open and I felt like I was being stabbed against the floor, but with love. Like it was like a lightning bolt tore every barrier that I had to, to my and the every barrier to the connection to myself was like torn away and I just started crying and crying and crying and I was laughing and I was like saying all these words that I didn't know I was going to say it was just total freedom and after that I was like okay I like I just felt so different yeah like I and you would know it's like I was so in my body and I'd never other than the time that I was at Vipassana which was a, a 10 day meditation boot camp where I completely, where you sit and do nothing but meditate for 10 hours every day with no food after 12, no exercise, no stimulation, no reading, no technology. Right. Other than that, I never experienced that. And that happened in 15 minutes. So I was like, Oh my God, what is this? I need to bring this back to the world. Yeah. And just give it to as many people as possible. And then throughout the last and just stop me whenever you want like I'm just going to kind of go over some yeah go with it it's amazing over the last like half decade I've just added more and more to to my breathwork techniques and journey because I'm like cool that stuff is like a heart opener it's like a yeah. opens your kundalini it awakens you to god consciousness to the infinite to the divine so that you can really like tap into your deep healing your deep trauma your ancestral lineage and all that stuff that is stuck inside your body that you've been hanging yeah. on to and afraid to feel yes right but then there's all these other techniques that you were speaking to even with your little bub right where something as simple as just doubling the exhalation out through the mouth allows your heart rate to slow down puts moisture in your mouth it allows your pupils to dilate it allows your entire intelligence network in your body to go to work to heal to repair to restore to rejuvenate mm -hmm. right it teaches you i'm safe i'm safe i'm safe so many powerful techniques that are like that. And so 
my vision for the future is how do we take this stuff that fringe science and like very, very small studies at the moment of like maybe 200 people are proving in hospitals that breathwork can actually replace medication in some in some instances. And I'll never say don't ever like, you know, like I love the medical industry. It's so important. I love medicine. And it's like, how can we use breathwork to one, prevent people from ever getting to the point where they need these invasive surgeries yeah. and intense medications? And or two, how can we support people who are already at that level to feel better and to feel present and to have a fulfilling life, no matter how much pain or suffering they're in? Yeah. Yeah. And it also it's just about like it regenerates the cells as well. It, it helps with the circulation. And it's like just so many benefits, isn't there? Like so many benefits. Um my cousin at the moment is in, in hospital. He's had most of his bowel removed. He's been in hospital for like, mm. God knows how long, but mm. when we're, and I'm just like, I just would love to go in and support him a little bit. But at the moment, hospitals are very much like, you know, there is a little bit of a barrier, but it is beginning to break down with statistics and stuff like you were saying. But for me, it's just like, if he just learned to breathe properly, his healing would he'd be out that hospital and that bed would be available for someone else you know yes it's yes um faster yeah and he would feel better he would and also be able to because surgery itself is very traumatic I actually had I I found out during heart surgery that I got extremely high tolerance to anesthetic so I was actually awake during the procedure so and I held on to that for I actually think I still hold on to some of that trauma and I would love mm-hmm. to just release it all um, mm-hmm. because it does stay stored in the nervous system, but something mm-hmm. as simple as breath to release that all that just, it just seems heavenly to me. I just, I just love that. I just love it. Um, and it's so simple mm-hmm. as well because we all breathe. It is so, so basic. Yeah. We don't and I can any- even, sorry I was going to say we don't need to buy anything we don't need to buy any resources we don't need to have machines we don't have you know it's just we don't need anything but ourselves yeah that's the thing there there was this study uh, done in Brisbane by the Marta Hospital on asthmatics and what they found after I think it was maybe six to eight weeks of treatment which is like reduced breathing through breathtaker breath was that they were able to get it was 70 to 80% off medication with a reduction in symptoms. It's like, and, and mind blowing. it's mind blowing that you just need to breathe less and that can totally shift your relationship with asthma yeah. <laughs> just, and medication. It's just <laughs> amazing. I mean, I've been if, on... you, if you Google, how do I cure asthma? Google says there is no known cure for asthma. You just yeah. need to be on medication for the rest of your life. Oh, it's just that really annoys me sometimes. I'm like, come on, Google, <laughs> jump on board. <laughs> Catch up with the time. Come on. <laughs> we'll have to have a conversation with the guy who runs it later. <laughs> yes, yes. You're the person for it, Kitty. <laughs> You'll be able to get it. I don't know how I end up in those situations where I'm just talking to other people. I'm just like, hi. Um, but yeah, but even in those moments where I feel like I'm literally going to like go into shock because I'm having to like relive my trauma by speaking it and but actually staying in like like in this calm sort of like space and talk about it as if I'm talking about what I ate for dinner you know it's like I wouldn't be able to do that if I didn't remember to breathe because I used to to hold my breath I think I used to tell you this I used to hold my breath until I was about to pass out and I'd be like oh god I've 
I need to breathe. <laughs> so, oh, I'm sorry, Harrison. Um, so like, yeah, for me, just being able to like, and also take that moment to just pause and breathe. And I would, mm. I used to be worried that people would look at me and go, what's she doing? That's a bit weird. Like, why isn't she talking? Cause we're used to things being so instant. Why isn't mm. she just jumping in that conversation? Why, why are we in a moment of stillness? And, but it's what I need to do um, to, 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 to just come back to myself before I jump into the, with the blazing guns, you know? Everybody does. Everybody does. But yeah, the culture that we're in, <laughs> my child, my child multitasking, <laughs> eh? You're so good. This is the moment where I need to breathe and come back to myself. <laughs> child trying to rub fluff in my face. Oh, oh, this is life, though, isn't it? This yeah, is actual really life. Is. Yeah, and how many women on this call, on this podcast, are listening, and they're going through their own motherhood journey and yeah. imagining that they have to do everything perfect, or else they can't be on the stage. And here yeah. you are. I used yeah, to be like that stage. Yeah. Capricorn I am. I, if, like yeah. perfectionism actually held me back. And then I realized that my comfort zones of having everything perfect was actually killing my dreams. Because comfort zones kill your dreams, guys. <laughs> you push into that fear when you keep going. Write that down. Everybody stop <laughs> and write that down. <laughs> I mean, I would not, I mean, especially when we want to grow leaning into our fear is such it's a scary uncomfortable process but yeah learning some simple techniques to help support us right Harrison do you see that tub of biscuits over there do you want one go get the biscuits for a second and mommy will give you one it's just there just there go <laughs> eat loads of sugar <laughs> leave me alone for a second <laughs> um Harrison listen listen I'm not gonna get up I'm sorry guys um I'm losing my train of thought now you want me to bring it back (laughs) it's like with the breath with the breath we can actually come back to center and and do the things that we we actually want to do in the present right because I think I've had my own journey with perfectionism like I've done a lot of things now and perfectionism still plays out and it's yeah. like how can I like I know where that comes from it comes from that place of just wanting to be loved yeah and, yeah and only having had like one parent in my life that actually stuck around and that parent was the abuser yeah and so yeah it's it's a it's a real like emotional energetic charge that goes through our body we're afraid and perfectionism and how do we what is the difference between fear and excitement it's breath yeah. How can we be in the breath and open to excitement to our dreams instead of imagining that they're here to kill us? Mm. Yes. Harrison. I um I remember when I was younger actually, and I used to have to get the bus to school. And um this memory actually surfaced the other day when I was thinking about the like, because I'm trying to develop a few courses. And I actually was so scared of my breathing at one point. Because mm. I thought like I was breathing too loudly. Like I had to, I was too, I, you know, I had to breathe quieter. And I remember on the bus, I used to actually hold my breath. And and I was at that time being bullied in school and stuff. But I tried like really making myself small. And one of the ways to do that was strangely through my breathing. And mm. after that, I um, 
oh, I moved schools, but then I actually started jogging every morning with my brother and I really struggled jogging and not breathing properly. So actually <laughs> that exercise in itself really got me to just appreciate myself a little bit more and and like I sort of break out that weird little thing I had gone through where I thought I was just being like taking up space and and actually now I see I just like I was yeah I mean I've been through a lot of journeys but actually I'm grateful for everything I've been through because now I can support people who are going through that as well and like I come from it not from a place of like you said qualifications and stuff but from a place of knowing and actually having lived that experience as well um and yeah Mm -hmm. it was it was just yeah and even like now even when I sit in that courtroom because I still have many more court cases to go and I can hear my perpetrators breathing that sometimes triggers me but it's just Mm -hmm. literally coming back yeah I mean it's something magical about the breath isn't there there's something like sacred it's like I don't even it's like it's like the life force it's like it's the life force isn't it it is it is the life force it actually (laughs) is we come out and we're born into the world and we take a breath and then our consciousness enlivens and then we leave the world and we take our breath yeah yeah there's actually life force energy yeah and it's so powerful so beautiful I mean I actually I was something Jack said that really hit me once. She said, I carried mm. my child's heartbeat in my womb and I gave birth to their first breath. And I was like, <laughs> like for me in that moment, I was just like, mm. I mean, I love Jack. She just blew my little, my little brain just got blown right open. But, <laughs> but yeah, it's just, and it's so, yeah, it's just so powerful. So, and I would really love to see it um, in schools more. I don't know if in Australia, they, they do breath work in schools and, over here we're just opening up to the idea of meditation in schools we're very far behind yes no no you're not far behind that is that's the same level here so it's like there's a curiosity and and it's definitely nowhere near where it's going to be in another decade like in a decade it's going to actually be part of their curriculum you know and then beyond that it'll just become normal but but right now it's like a like oh yeah that'd be really really good but it's not mandated. It's not something yeah. that yeah that schools actually think is is important. And that's actually I used to be a school teacher um, of grade threes. Oh, and... I used to be a teaching assistant. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually a school teacher in England. Oh, were um, you? Yeah, in grades. And uh, actually, yeah, why I left the schooling system was because I thought, okay, who is going to instill meditation mindfulness and being into children's minds what's going to be the parents so let's go out and make meditation and breastwork super cool activate it in the in the current generation and then have them teach it down to their kids again and again until it becomes like the new way of being and so that's yeah that's what's happening at the moment it's super cool that's amazing and that is actually um Oh, I can just see it now. <laughs> my my friend Liz runs a charity, um, Heads to Minds, and she's actually, funny enough, going in there to get statistics at the moment, and that's how she's sort of her approaches. But, yeah, that approach, like when you make something cool and trendy, everyone wants it, don't they? Everyone loves it. But it's interesting what you said about the different generations because I feel 
everyone thinks the older generations are like a lost cause, don't they? They're like, yeah, well, you know, they'll never change their mindset. They're the old generations. But I don't know if you're aware of the book Sabretooth Tigers and Teddy Bears, but it's about the attachment theory. And it's about teaching people like the older generations or even my generation Mm -hmm. to reparent themselves. And it's Mm -hmm. just amazing how they, and, and it's about building that, that, internal teddy bear they say inside so um in in building that internal teddy bear and then that's how they can raise their children because as we know Mm. sometimes generational trauma is just passed down to generations so like if you were abused it's likely you would abuse like as a 50 50 isn't it and then the cycle continues Mm -hmm. but when you break I mean I don't know how many this is going to trigger some people but I've had to learn to forgive my ex and my perpetrator and just open my heart with love as much as I'm going through court because they've gone through something in their life that's made them that way they weren't born abusers you know they weren't born angry people they weren't they weren't born that way they were conditioned that way like something happened in their life an adverse experience as well that's made them the way they are and you see that a lot in schools, and I see it a lot, actually, where you get these parents who have probably not had the best upbringing, and then they're passing it down to their kids. And it's just like, mm-hmm. it really gets to my heart, because I'm thinking, like, if that parent who's not being particularly nice to their child right now, if they actually had some healing and love, they would probably be a very different person. And it's that act like we tend to demonize people. We demonize alcoholics. We demonize drug people, like drug users. We demonize, you know, people locked up in prisons. It's like they're the bad people and we're the good people. And there's that massive divide. But actually, if the bad people had some tender, loving care as well and could release their trauma, you know, we would all be in a very different place, wouldn't we? So it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's affecting all generations, isn't it? When you go in at that attitude. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And I moved through my own journey around forgiving my perpetrator, which was ultimately only ever forgiving myself. Mm. Yeah. That's yeah. That's. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Continue. (laughs) I think it's like, that's where the magic and the medicine comes from forgiveness. People think that if I forgive, it means that I have to like go out of my way to, to love him or her or the one that harmed me. But it's like, no, forgiveness is an energetic experience. And it's an experience that you feel. You can either feel resentment, bitterness, anger, grief, and rage, mm-hmm. or you can, and that will be how you treat yourself yeah. in subtle ways, or you can forgive them and actually experience what it feels like to have unconditional love for yourself yeah. and for what you couldn't stop at that time because you didn't have the resources and you did the best that you could and it couldn't have happened any other way yeah right? I used mm. to hold so much shame oh if I had been stronger if I had a shouted louder if I had a you know when you, you yeah, right? yourself, don't you if yeah, I, was, like, you know, if I wasn't weak <laughs> yeah yeah right if I wasn't no. weak even though like what like <laughs> men are like so like physiologically like two and a half times stronger than us and yeah and I was like a little I was 12 years old when it first started happening and it's like yeah and that part of me still made myself wrong but it's like no like it's like why didn't I tell him to stop it's like yeah. because you were scared yeah yeah <laughs> I work with a lot of people and um 
I mean, I ended up being trauma bonded to my perpetrator. So, mm. you know, people would see abuse and I'd go, no, that never happened. And I would lie for him and I would like cover mm. up for him. And, and I was like, mm. why the hell did I do that? But now I understand mm. it's a psychological response to the abuse, you know, so mm. And, it, and it's just working through that. I mean, I had one client um, a couple of months ago say to me, she goes, I found a new, I found a new partner, but I don't know if it's true love. And I was like, what do you mean you don't know if it's true love? And she said, well, I'm not trauma bonded. And I'm like, well, hang on. That is the definition. <laughs> yeah. I was like, let's just, just take some facts here. trauma bonded. Oh. <laughs> I was just like let's just sit down and have a little talk about this <laughs> so, um, but, Give all my hands to undo here. yeah so but like I mean Christ I mean imagine if we I mean we talk about schools and hospitals but imagine if we brought breath work into prisons yes. you know because those people do eventually get released back into society and they have to rebuild their lives but imagine if they could rebuild their lives with a great tool set you know I you know and teach them resilience and stuff teach them how to come back to their body teach them forgiveness teach them that they're a new person now with a new life so they don't have to keep going back to prison again yeah oh my god yes no like literally that's what keeps it going that's what perpetuates the violence and abuse and suffering it's just the shame I did this I'm a bad person yeah okay the shame is too unbearable to feel so I've got to push it down numb out when I numb out then I have to enact the internal violence onto the external world and do it again so that I can experience myself internally externally oh it's such a cycle isn't it it's such a cycle you can like like literally just be repeating it without even realizing what you're doing yeah, you're just like, why can't I help it? Why am I still bad? It's like, no, it's yeah. you're still bad because you haven't forgiven yourself. Yeah. And the only way that you're going to be able to do that is to come into the present moment and actually drop into the fact that you now are completely different to who you were. And you and punishing it, yourself for anything in the past is just a waste of time. Yeah. And also physically, we are different people. We get like a new body every five years. <laughs> so we're actually new people on a physical yeah. level as well all our cells are like literally replaced so you know it's just yeah but I would love to see um I would just I can just see it in my mind so yeah I'm just it's just taking those baby steps isn't it and being the brave ones to actually um to put the idea forward because beforehand I was like oh no people might you know reject me or say no to me but actually I don't see now as a bad thing now. I see now as just like the next opportunity or at that moment in time, they're not ready and I will come again in the future. You know, I don't, I don't have um, an attachment to the outcome, so to speak mm. anymore. I just go in. It's like in parliament. I was like, I said my little prayers, did my little breathing on the tube, went into parliament, bombshell and then walk back out and I was like I've got no attachment to what happens and actually more <laughs> happens than I could have ever imagined happened you know and and that's because I wasn't trying to like control it yeah yeah you weren't trying to manipulate reality yeah I was just like yeah, so there's nothing to push back on. so my child is screaming for me <laughs> is that I'm like no no just one hour <laughs> so but yeah it's just um it's exciting times and uh, yeah and it would be amazing if it happened worldwide because I look at some cultures and actually meditation is taught all the time like people take time out of their day to pray and meditate 
Yes, so, in India, when I was studying uh, sound therapy over there, um, I remember saying, yeah, I'm going to come, I'm going to bring all this back to Australia and teach it um, to parents and eventually it'll be implemented into schools. And they were like, huh? <laughs> like, what? what do you mean? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, yeah, I'm going I'm to bring it into schools. And they're like, what do you, they're like, don't you meditate every single day in school? Like every single day they would meditate in these okay. Indian schools. And I was like, stop it. And they were like, stop it. Like, what? <laughs> you crazy person, you. Like, yeah, exactly. What, what do you do? <laughs> Your dreams are too big and far like, too much. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, actually, actually, I had a fear of being too much for such a long time. And now I'm just like, take me as I am. Like, it's not oh. nothing to do with me. It's to do with you. If you think I'm too much, that's actually stuff going on internally for you. So, yeah. yeah, so now it's lovely that I can recognize those patterns and, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. Anytime someone asks me now, like, hey, do you think this is too much? I'm like, no, more. <laughs> bigger, bigger. <laughs> <Yeah>. More. <laughs> yeah. And even if I hear myself saying it to myself, I'm like, okay, who who is saying, who are you talking to? Like, whose random opinion are you now comparing what you desire to and using that as a barometer for how your life yeah. should look? Like, how can I just be so in my desire and so true to it? Because that's what all of us, like all of us are so here for an inherent mission. And the only time the, the world has gone off course is because too many of us are listening to someone else's mission. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And you were saying like, you, it's like your body is telling you to do this and my body's got this nudge to do that. And it's like, how can we all listen to that and celebrate in every single everyone's expression make none yeah. of it wrong and know that we're all playing this divine role to bring the game together yeah really mm. oh so exciting I have to come over to Australia my brother used to live out there but he's moved back to Ireland now but um yeah I really would love to travel to Australia at some point so when oh I do God, come really? I'm gonna say like hi <laughs> <laughs> let's do this oh, but um I mean it would be amazing if we could do like um oh oh no that's the thingy I thought my speaker had popped out there but I would just like if you know how you have um I was even thinking of like getting students in um India to like talk about how they meditate every day and showing other kids that this is what other kids do as well because they learn so much through you know actually looking Harrison Harrison can we stop now Oh, he's a little diva, isn't he? Absolutely. No, no I want he's you to come with me right now. He's like, you said, I'm, you said there's no such thing as too much. Yeah, no. I'm testing you, mother. I'm testing you. Testing you. Do you really believe what you say? Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. Mother crazy, is such an crazy. Mm. Um, oh, yeah, I definitely want to be teaching children with special needs breathwork as well because... Mm. <laughs> That would really, really help them. And in ADHD, they do say, I mean, this might trigger some people as well, ADHD is just a response to trauma that children can't actually deal with. So that they don't know what they've gone through. They don't know what they've experienced. And as a parent, you might not even be aware of it. It could have happened at school or down the road, anything. And that's where it's, it's stuck in the body and that's why they act that way because the symptoms yes. are very similar to fight and flight mode yes so it's ability, yeah it's an ability to feel safe in your body because um and I, I think I traverse this as well myself because um well I've never been diagnosed with ADHD 
uh, my friends used to like say like I think you have it and so they bought me some books and, and all this beautiful stuff and I ended up doing my own research and it was it was talking about this woman who did a huge study and I think you you kind of referenced it yeah when talking around adverse childhood experiences yeah. and now if you have an experience where like you're I used to seeing the bear and the bear's out in the forest it's all good right but it's like yeah. if the bear comes home and yeah. you're just with the bear like in your house again and again eventually you become hypersensitive to all these different behaviors and like pre-events and post-events that become cues and triggers yeah. But when you know the violence is going to be enacted on you or when you know the sexual abuse is coming. And so you become so hyper-aware and hyper-aroused yeah. for all those cues that you begin to look for them all the time as a yeah. safety mechanism coping strategy, right, which is like so much of ADHD, social anxiety. It's like being able to label and classify multiple things all at once and a hundred yeah. different possibilities and calculate all the different ways that could that what you fear could happen and then reacting to it as soon as possible to keep yourself safe. Like, what is that? Yeah. How, how was that like different from that ADHD of inability to focus on something? Mm. So, oh, sorry. I'm very sorry. Harrison. Oh, he's going to pull that down, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> no, definitely. And I think like if we. such a pickle if we actually I was trying to put something on my phone for him as you were saying that if it's, imagine if we could see that's the thing as well like if we taught that perpetrator in that situation and the childbirth breath work it almost it wouldn't resolve what's going on but it would I think it, it would it would make like such a positive huge impact where they could both like release the traumas like, and I, I see them doing it together in my mind. Um, so like the bear is turns from that predator to actually someone who can self-parent themselves, self-manage, you know, treat the child in a completely different way. The child then realizes the parent's gone through the change. Like, oh, it's just, it's so interlinked, isn't it? It is so it interlinked. Is. It really and, is. And it's, it's crazy. Like, you know, some of this stuff sounds so spiritual and woo-woo, but it's so scientific. Like yeah. even those shamanic journeys, like, yes, they're grounded in like ancient lineage and the medicine wheel, but what they're really doing is over-oxygenating your body. Yeah. So you get to a point where your bloodstream is so saturated in oxygen that your body can't metabolize it anymore, which means that your prefrontal cortex switches off so you can't think. Yeah. And when you... And because you have something called like a thalamus, which is a switching station between thinking and feeling, if you can't think, then you can feel. Yeah. And when you can feel, then you can actually feel what's going on in your body, all the places where it was like unsafe to feel that terror or unsafe yeah. to feel that anger when I was being abused, no matter like however many generations back or unsafe in my past lives or, or my lineage or my ancestry. It's like the ability to then release that yeah. through the breath is is everything because it restores it restores that ease and safety in the nervous system again, so that person can come from a place of of openness instead of reacting to the tension and stress that's just locked into their into their body. Yeah, it is mm. so powerful. Everything. So powerful! Oh my god, I could talk for like hours. Sometimes <laughs> when people ask me about breathwork, I'm like, I have to like like it just cat bum my mouth because I'm like I'm about to shoot like a, a gatling gun of breathwork knowledge at you yeah. and please please just say stop when you <laughs> stop 
<laughs> it is it is so powerful and even um um I think they talk about it in the body keeps the score as well I don't know if you read that mm. book the body keeps the score that is a good book it's an intense oh. book but it is oh amazing. my god it brought up so much for me yeah actually. I was crying when I read it yeah it's beautiful. it is like I've actually got it here on my bookshelf but by mm. Bessler van der Kull probably yes. didn't pronounce that very well at all but no that is about <laughs> it's about transformation isn't it as well it's just it's amazing so yeah yeah well, <clears throat> thank you so much for coming on for and, and speaking to me I'm so sorry for my little man jumping in and out constantly and <laughs> <laughs> trying to pull me off my chair throwing things in my face pushing my chair around <laughs> yeah. you've done you're amazing yeah, babe <laughs> so um, yeah one day one day I'm manifesting in my soulmate I will bring him in not just to help me look after the child but it would be nice to to have that yeah, that would be a really great bonus yeah. like go play football with him bye <laughs> yeah leave me for an hour <laughs> have a bath <laughs> yeah. anything anything <laughs> so thank you so 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 much for coming on and I will leave your details in the description box so if anybody wants to reach out to you they can so a little social media and um oh thank you so much Mm, thank you thank you can I leave like one just practical tip as well for for the listeners okay so for those of you that are like haven't done this book before I would say just start with doubling your exhalation out through the mouth this is going to be your greatest technique and teacher to get you back into a state of relaxation and safety in your nervous system I also have a bunch of like super chill, uh, short, like six minute breathworks on Spotify. It's under Burr Breathwork or Brennis Tan Breathwork. We'll link it. And and like, there's so much pressure to kind of get somewhere. And it's like, nah, like of all that, like of expectation, just start, start, have a go over and over again consistently. Five minutes a day, five minutes a day is all you need. That's all I do, right? Six minutes, maybe a day. And then for those people who are like a bit more experienced and I'm like, Ooh, I really want to like taste the depth of like that, the, the woo woo they keep referencing. I would say go and do a journey. There's like a, on my Spotify playlist, there's like a last 45 minute journey called astral healing. And this is going to take you out of your completely out of your mind and into your body and beyond that as well into like the state of collective consciousness And key here as well is to let go of that actually occurring because everything, and I said this to my mom actually today at Yamcha, I'm like, you don't really know something's working until you've decided it doesn't work and you keep going. Yeah, that's great. Oh, that's brilliant. Oh, I could talk to you for ages, but we'll have to like reconnect if when I get my foot in the door with certain things and stuff yes. we like celebrate yes. we like I made it I broke into the school system so perfect well thank you so much lovely lady and um yes I look, wish you all the best Bye. thank you thank you <laughs>